Welcome to For the Record, behind-the-scenes insider podcast with Colin McCall, where we take a forward-facing look at your environmental requirements and help you make your EHS program an indispensable and strategic part of your company's growth. Remember to sign up for our complimentary For the Record email newsletter. And now, here's your host, Colin McCall. All right, welcome everybody. I'm joined once again by Amy Marshall. You heard from Amy on episodes one and two of the podcast where we looked ahead to the different possibilities with EPA administrations and what those could mean. Here we are recording February 15th, so we have a new administration at this point. We've seen a lot of activity in the first three weeks or so of the new administration, so we thought it would be a good time to check in on what has happened, some of the action that we've seen, maybe look ahead a little bit and just have a general conversation. So I'd say this is a little more of a potpourri type of podcast and a current events type of podcast, I I would say, is the mode that we're in. So to get further introduced to Amy, go back to episodes one and two. You could hear more about her, her many talents and her connections in the industry. But for now, Amy, let's get right into it. We've got a list of topics we can go through here. I'm going to start with environmental justice. We know that's one of the big two priorities, and certainly the pending EPA administrator, Administrator Michael Regan, has a focus on environmental justice. So have we seen anything in the first three weeks? I know we've been connected with state agencies. Is there anything we can share with folks just about things we've heard in the, in the first few weeks of the administration on that front? Yep, a couple things. So we knew that environmental justice would be one of the big focus points for the for the new administration. One of the very first executive orders that President Biden signed was this one titled Protecting Public Health and the Environment and Restoring Science to Tackle the Climate Crisis. And you may say, wait a minute, I thought we were talking about environmental justice. This thing is named climate. This executive order actually covered a lot of stuff. It wasn't just, you know, a few quick pages on we're going to do stuff on climate. It, it had a fact sheet that went along with it that basically said, hey, we're going to review a lot of actions that the previous administration took. We're going to set up a bunch of working groups and committees to try to figure out what we want to do around environmental justice. And, you know, they've been coining this term whole of government approach. So it's not just the EPA that's going to be focused on what to do on climate, what to do on environmental justice. It's going to be, you know, the different agencies in the government. So I saw an article recently that the Treasury actually has appointed its own, you know, quote unquote, climate czar, if you will, to think about how to finance projects related to, to climate. And, you know, a lot of the states that we've been looking across, some of them have been actually pairing environmental justice and climate together. So it kind of wasn't too much of a surprise that that Biden's executive order was kind of all encompassing. So we have been working on kind of a cool project to look across the different states and also look at what the uh, federal agencies are doing with respect to environmental justice. You know, we all know how to, you know, track the EPA websites to say, hey, what memos are coming out on new source review? What are what are they doing on the NACs? But there's 51 things going on on environmental justice. So what we've seen so far is that a few states do have 
regulations. Uh, I would point out New Jersey is one of those. I think we had a blog on our website here recently on that one. Several states, uh, including North Carolina, where Michael Regan was most recently the secretary for the Department of Environmental Quality, have environmental justice policies. And then a few states uh, don't really have anything yet. So we're seeing quite a bit of a patchwork. But a lot of the states that we were looking at and we talk to folks from the states are working on things and are trying to think about, you know, what can we do around environmental justice? How is this going to affect permitting and not just in air across the media? Like some of the states have more stringent rules on waste permitting, for example, than air. One thing we did notice is that the definition of what constitutes an environmental justice area varies a little bit. Um, some the um, kind of cut point, if you will, or the threshold as far as, um, you know, economic factors or, you know, minority factors will vary a little bit. But for one of the national trade organizations, we did take their membership and kind of plot it against census tracts with low income, just so we could kind of take that one cut point and see, okay, how many of our, you know, members are in areas where environmental justice issues could become important just because of the, you know, the income level. A couple of states have their own kind of really neat mapping um, tools. North Carolina is one of those. Um, California has kind of a neat mapping program. And one of the things that the new EPA administration is going to do is kind of refresh their EJ screen website and the, the mapping features and analysis features there. So this is one area where, you know, we've seen a lot going on right now. Everything is kind of in a policy phase. You know, facilities are very interested in, you know, what could happen to my project or what additional restrictions could go with my project if there are environmental justice concerns. So it's something we're tracking pretty closely. So an interesting merging of the two key federal priorities we heard about, environmental justice and climate. So that's interesting. Keeping track of things on the state level certainly sounds like something we will be doing and our listeners should be doing. And I go back to my conversation with John Slade. Knowing this is going to be a federal priority, we're still waiting to see how it takes shape, how it will impact projects maybe differently than it has in the past, but really knowing those folks on your team that are good at taking technical information and distilling it down to a more general audience in a way that streamlines that process and not in a way that complicates and makes that process more difficult. There's a skill there, I believe, that's pretty unique. So just thinking ahead and thinking of the folks that you have on your team that are able to do that, I think would be would be important. So Moving on from EJ to that second priority then, climate, and I did talk with Rich Hamill on the podcast about climate-related activities. We actually had to re-record the second episode because the administration did so much in the first two days that our by the time we, our recording was ready, it had gone stale already. So that's how much activity we've seen going on. Um, affordable clean energy rule may be gone back in the Paris Accord, all those types of things happening. We talked about the climate czars and some of the new leadership roles that had been carved out. 
it's been a couple of weeks since then, so surely something else has happened. Amy, what else have you heard on the on the climate front over the past couple of weeks? Yeah, a couple things. So, you know, we're not really sure what form of regulation future, you know, climate or carbon requirements might take. A lot of the industry associations are interested in knowing, you know, how how much of their sectors reported greenhouse gas emissions come from coal combustion, let's say, or um, how much CO2 are our facilities emitting uh, by combusting fuel in our control devices? And what could this uh, mean if the new administration imposes a carbon tax of, say, $20 a ton? Um, So we're starting to look at sort of different regulatory scenarios. You mentioned the ACE rule got vacated. I read an article this morning that EPA has actually asked the uh, court that vacated the rule to wait a little bit before they issue the mandate that will put that vacature into effect. I guess, you know, EPA is kind of they have the opportunity now to sort of start with a, a fresh piece of paper as they decide what kind of a rule they want to craft to govern greenhouse gas emissions from power plants. But some of the lawyers are worried that if the ACE rule vacature goes into effect, that now the clean power plan comes back into effect because the ACE rule was the replacement for that rule. And even though I believe the, the that rule went to the Supreme Court, I don't think that there was ever um, a ruling on that. So stay tuned. There's some un- uncertainty around that. Um, you know, we're, we're, we see articles frequently about clean electricity and zero emission vehicles, the greenhouse gas, automobile emission standards, the airplane emission standards. I think that, you know, as part of this, you know, new administration, what they're doing is looking back at, you know, what's gone on over the past four years and thinking, okay, how, how do we want to regulate greenhouse gases going forward? You know, what industries do we want to focus on? Um, Do we think biomass is climate neutral? Should we advance uh, the rule that had kind of gotten stuck in the White House Office of Management and Budget that was advantageous to, to biomass? It's a little bit of a controversial topic. And then, as you mentioned, you know, as we get back into the the Paris Agreement, you know, what do, what do we set forward as our goals as part of that? So a lot of activity there, still still some uncertainty on how that's going to come out. And again, we're still waiting for our new EPA administrator. Maybe, maybe he'll get confirmed in the next couple of weeks here. A lot going on with the new administration, three weeks in, thought it was a good time to check in on that. We'll do this probably every couple of months as things develop, maybe just do a general check-in on a sweeping list of topics. Hope it was helpful for you, and we hope that you will tune in next time. Thanks, everybody, for listening to part one of my conversation with Amy. Tune in next time, and we'll cover a couple of different topics that are related to the new administration in part two. Thanks. You've been listening to For the Record Behind the Scenes Insider Podcast with Colin McCall. Remember to sign up for our complimentary For the Record email newsletter to get weekly news and articles on a variety of timely EHS issues. The content heard on this podcast is not intended to replace an evaluation of the specific projects and regulations that you are encountering at your company.